Hello and welcome once again to In the Growth Space, where we discover new ways to grow our business, our teams, and ourselves. I'm your host and growth coach, David McGlennon, and I'm really glad you're here once again. You know, I believe that a growing company is the result of the humans that make it up performing or behaving in a cohesive way because they themselves are growing and challenging themselves to be the best that they can be. Now, if you've seen any of my videos from my office, you've probably seen the sign that hangs behind me that says, play like a champion today. And it reminds me to give my best and to be my best every time I walk in there. It's deliberately hanging above the light switch so that I see it first thing after I flip the lights on. And on today's show, we're going to learn to play like a champion in the realm of negotiation. I'm going to be talking with Laurel Johnson, who is a newer friend of mine, and, and I met her last year during the pandemic. So who says that everything in 2020 was bad, right? Not me for sure. Laurel is a lifelong learner, as you're going to hear, and she has over 35 years of experience as a business owner. Now, for the last 21 years, she's owned Sunbelt Business Brokers of Austin, and she's helped people buy and sell privately owned companies, and, and she's negotiated, she and her team have negotiated over $150 million of value for small business owners that were exiting their companies. Through her consulting company, BusinessWorks Consulting, Laurel offers business coaching, consulting, and education programs. She's a sought-after speaker, facilitator, and her masterful negotiation workshops are in high demand. She's trained with some of the world's masters in business and personal development, including, as you'll hear, Robert Kiyosaki, Blair Singer, Les Hewitt, John Maxwell, and Paul Martinelli. In our conversation, we talk about what negotiation is and what it isn't, and even some surprising truths about negotiation that I know you'll find useful. I'll be back at the end to just share some key points that I got from the conversation. Well, welcome to the podcast, Laurel. Um, incredibly grateful and honored that you're here and on my podcast. Um, how are you doing? Oh, thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Uh, I am here in Texas, so I'm doing well. We are thawed out, thankfully. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's <laughs> and, been a long uh, haul, hasn't it? It has been a long haul, but it's been an interesting experience to see because as your viewers may not know or audience may not know, but I grew up in the Pittsburgh area yeah. and uh, just it, it's been hilarious, but it's also <laughs> been sad because right. people have really suffered. So yeah. we're very grateful to have our Texas sunny weather back, but, our normal oh, spring. Yes, <laughs> yeah. spring, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's as we're recording this, um, it is probably your spring. <laughs> Not so much here in Pittsburgh, but yours, right. I'm sure. <laughs> right, it's still cold uh, up there. We I keep tabs on Pittsburgh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, with your roots here in the Berg, um, I, I know that you've had uh, your fair share of growth, and uh, I'd love to, to take listeners through a little bit more of your journey so that they can kind of learn from uh, your story. Um, talk a little bit about, your, well, you know, you're, you, you've been in the, the business brokering world, you, you've taught negotiation, and that's really your specialty. How did you get into that? What was it like? What was the culmination or the start of that? 
Well, it's inter- it's really very random, <laughs> uh, as many beautiful things tend to be. My yeah. growth story I was thinking about, and knowing that you you're that's your lane and specialty. And I started personal development and personal growth very young. I was a young mom selling Tupperware. Oh yeah, and nice. the, our Tupperware distributor gave me a, a cassette tape oh, yes. of someone to listen to. She said, listen to this. This is so really, and it was a, a young man named Zig Ziglar. Oh yeah. And he was starting his career and he yeah. was doing talks and he was practicing in people's homes and distributors and Tupperware and other, and he allowed people to record him. So I had these handmade, homemade recordings of Zig Ziglar, and that was the fir- my first exposure to you can have some cause over your own personal development and growth. And I heard him say, you can have anything you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. What they want so yeah. that's definitely a very big value that I espouse, but that that's when my personal growth journey started. So I was fascinated to learn. You could learn about yourself. You could improve yourself. You could find out what, how you roll, how you are. And that was in the early Mm eighties. So coming up on 40 years and I um, am a lifelong did you happen? Sorry to, sorry to interrupt you, but did you happen to know um, the Nightingale Conant catalog? Did you ever get that? Oh my goodness. Yes. I had okay. all those tapes. Yes. I, and I, when I condoed my home, I got rid of a lot of that stuff because yeah. you can get it on YouTube and get it in a digital format. Right. I don't know if I even have a, a piece of equipment that'll play a cassette tape. That's just it. I know me either. <laughs> I just, I wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one who remembered Nightingale Conant because like, that's, like, oh, yeah. I, you know, Tony Robbins, yep. Zig Ziglar, Dennis all Waitley, Brian Tracy, all of those guys back in the eighties. I mean, that's kind of what I kind of quote unquote grew up on. Absolutely. Uh, love Me it. Too. I love that. Me part too. Of your story. And I've had the opportunity to study with some real masters. I've studied personally with Robert Kiyosaki back before he became a rock star. He's, cool. he's just such a smart guy and Blair Singer and Les Hewitt and mm. Les Brown and Tony Robbins, of course. And yeah. uh, just uh, so I'm, and I'm still a student. Paul Martinelli is yeah. a, a mentor now and the, uh, John Maxwell, the greats in the, I love to learn. So I'm always learning uh, how I got into negotiating and negotiating training and, and selling businesses was just one of those random things. I was a partner in a, telecommunications equipment company. And my partner at the time was my husband and we sold telephone systems to businesses and our clients were mostly small businesses. We, and sold voicemail when it first came out, if people can imagine it was this new thing. And, um, we had a good business partnership and, but the marriage didn't make it. Uh, and so when our marriage ended, I stepped out of that business and frankly, I needed a job sure. and I had young kids was going to mm-hmm. be a single mom and didn't want to go into corporate because of the restrictions there. So I answered an ad that someone had a business brokerage business and they were looking for someone to come sell businesses. And one of our clients in the telephone business was a business broker. So I knew about it, but I didn't want to go work for that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So I I answered this ad, the the person hired me on the spot because I knew a lot about small business. And um, 
a year and a half later, I bought the practice. Wow. Only a year. So and a half that later, was huh? my cool. divorce was my first negotiation of, of, of substance. Buying the practice was my second negotiation of substance yeah. and neither of them went very well. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> so I fire, decided huh? to learn. That was my go-to thing. If something yeah. isn't working well, where can I acquire knowledge? So I just yeah. became a student of negotiating. Cool. So I got better at it, much better at it. And then one day in, um, I don't, gosh, 13 years later, somebody came into my practice wanting some advice on a land deal. I'm also a licensed real estate broker. So I have some yeah. knowledge about land deals. Uh -huh. He wanted some advice and he was working for this multi international global energy company, developing okay. some negotiation courses. And okay. he was a human resources guy. He wasn't a trainer. And I had okay. along the way had done some training. And when I studied with Robert, you know, I grew, fell in love with the idea of conducting workshops and I, I want to do that, yeah. but I need to get some knowledge and I need to get some experience because I'm very young. Yeah. So this, he, he was developing this course and he, he um, invited me to be a guest faculty to teach one of the segments. So I flew over to cool. the Netherlands, did that, and uh, they invited me to join their faculty from that experience because they found it wow. really helpful to have an actual deal maker teaching negotiation. Teaching it, yeah, sure. Yeah. So that was uh, 14 years ago. And so now uh, I developed with them and have been teaching negotiation ever since while doing deals. So the the negotiation training served to sharpen my saw in my actual deal making and my actual deal making made me a better trainer yeah. as I, as I grew in that business. So that's how wow. I got into the business. Yeah. And so when, when I'm, when I'm negotiating the sale of a small business, there's mm -hmm. a lot of things to negotiate. Sure. There, there are a lot of terms. There's employment agreements. There's non-compete agreements. In other words, it's not just the price and the terms of the of the actual yeah. business. There's a lot of other things. So, um, and then that kind of grew into some consulting as well. So sometimes yes. I do some consulting as well. Well, and I know that I've heard you talk about um, that we all we all negotiate. Everything you know yeah. in life is a negotiation, and so. Where, you know, knowing that, um, I know that some of the people that who will be listening um, are, are leaders, leaders within companies, you know, how, you know, how do they, how does, how does that, let's call it the average Joe, the average Joe leader like me, how do we, how do we use negotiation? Like what's the, and, and if we're, we, we, we've never thought about it before, where is our growth opportunity in negotiating? That's a great question. And when I'm teaching my corporate clients, the, the negotiation exercises, because my program is an immersive program. So I have them doing pretend negotiations, yeah. you know, for three days. Yeah. And the, the ones that they are most interested in are what we call the internal negotiation. Okay. So but most of the time people think of negotiating as a commercial uh, transactional experience. Mm -hmm. And, and oftentimes it is, we're negotiating deals. We're, we're yeah. negotiating buying a car. We're, but yeah. anytime there's a kind of a scarce resource and there's not enough for everybody to have, you're going to negotiate the allocation of that. So what does that look yeah. like in a business? Well, mm -hmm. it might be um, time. You might mm -hmm. be trying to get somebody to help you on a project. They're busy and you're trying to figure out how to negotiate 
some of their time. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things to negotiate in terms of mindset inside a business. Interesting. And how people feel about things and how people approach different things. Yeah. So it's an interesting uh, negotiating in that context is a first cousin of influence. Yeah. And certainly yeah. part of leadership. Right. So uh, when we're when we're looking in our business, you know, where are the differences? Because if you think about negotiating, the way I define it, negotiating is the process in which pe the parties to a difference or a dispute try to resolve it okay. to their mutual satisfaction. Okay. So you think about inside your business, mm -hmm. what are their differences? Yeah. Where are their disputes? Right. That process is going to be a negotiation. Fascinating. You know, say a little bit more about the negotiation of like mindsets within an organization, because I think that um, in, in some of my experience there, some of, some of the conflict within an organization can be a mindset or an approach of, Hey, I think we should go this strategy, or I think we should employ this strategy. How do we negotiate that? You know, to a, so, so I'm curious, like how, how have you seen that negotiation used within an organization um, around mindsets and, 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 and thought processes? Well, that's a, that's a difference. So if you go back to the, the, definition and negotiation is the process to which the in which the parties to a difference or a dispute try to yeah. resolve it that would yeah. be a difference because part of it is a paradigm is that negotiation is only about conflict oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. and sometimes it is a dispute and sometimes it's a very hmm. ferocious dispute sure but it's not always sometimes yeah. it's a difference mm -hmm. in how we approach things so yeah. when, the kinds of things that that i teach for people doing commercial deals they work in these other types of negotiations so how do we handle that well the first thing we have to do is understand what we want with this difference what do we want what mm -hmm. is the outcome we want so clarity yeah. but also then that that's a process to get clear on what is the outcome we want yeah. but then really really understanding what's driving the other party yeah and yeah. that's where we tend to fall short because mm -hmm. we we tend to um have a, a viewpoint and we have a lot of logical reasons why this is the right way to mm -hmm. do it inside yeah. it let's just say inside of, of a company yeah. uh, uh i'll give you an example i had some clients where we had some differences on their board on how they should approach the budget for advertising during COVID. Mm -hmm. And so we had some of the board members saying, listen, this is a time to preserve cash. Mm. We want to preserve cash. You know, we don't, we, you, we just got to hunker down and try to stay alive. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a viewpoint, and that's sure. a, an approach. There was right. part of the board that said, no, 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 this is a time to spend We've got to up level our advertising. We have to spend more to stay in front of people. We have to mm -hmm. work harder to mm -hmm. win customers, to try to get them to come into the business. So it, they mm -hmm. were really grappling with that. That was yeah. a difference or just, that was a difference there. Right. So they brought me in just to help resolve that difference. 
Interesting, so yeah. when, when I take an approach like that, I work with both of the parties. So the parties that, you know, wanted to, um, you know, I said, what's your, what I met with them separately. What is your desired outcome here? Yeah, well, our desired outcome is to keep the business alive. And, mm -hmm. and I said, well, what's your Merry Christmas outcome? In other words, what do you really want? Yeah. We'd like to stay profitable. <laughs> awesome. So okay. I go to the other parties, meet with them separately. What's your desired outcome? Well, we want to keep the business alive and going. Yeah. Awesome. What's your Merry Christmas outcome? Well, we'd like to stay profitable. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> How about I love that? that? And very often in internal negotiations, particularly, there's a similarity there that the yeah. parties can't see. So, mm -hmm. so we have to look and see what's really driving. And we call that in negotiation, the party's interests, mm -hmm. the why, what is it that they, why do they want what they yeah. want? What's underneath that? Right. right. Because okay. what they get stuck in is what we call the position. That's what they want. Yeah. So in this particular example, one side, what they wanted was to spend more money to advertise. Mm -hmm. The other party, what they wanted was to conserve cash. Yeah. But what was really driving it was they they was the same thing. We want to keep the business healthy. We'd like to have a profit this year. Yeah. So when in negotiating, when we discover those interests, mm -hmm. then we can get creative in in creating solutions because the position, which is what you want, that's only one way to get there. Right. That's only one way to achieve what you're really after. Yeah. Do you see do you see a need for businesses to have someone like yourself to come in like have an outsider to be able to ask those questions or or do you are and maybe you this is what some of the you teach is to be able to help individuals within an organization to be able to resolve those differences yeah better. well i that's what i teach is to, yeah. to help them acquire those skills because people don't view it as a negotiation they just view it as the other person being difficult they never want to do it my way you know uh, it always has to be their way they have these other ways of uh, describing what's happening and when i come in and say listen this is a negotiation so let's look at some negotiation processes and apply those here and some of them are first you know those de determining what's really at stake here what's driving you why do you want what you want and how yeah. how do we discover that yeah. and then the communication skills that go with that how do you discover what's really driving somebody if you say well why do you want to do that that's not going to get you there Right. We, ha we have to have other types of communication processes that will really help build some trust and open up the other party. And, and something else that's really difficult in a in a organization, what we call the internal negotiation, is that there are often, depending on the size of the organization, mm -hmm. uh, there are different metrics that uh, the parties use to measure success. Sure, um, sure. There are different there are different interests. Sometimes there yeah. are things that have nothing to do with the deal or the dispute yeah. has everything to do with like somebody's about to, you know, be up for a promotion or, or, yeah. or a review uh -huh. and they got to look good right now. Right. It has nothing to do, or it may yeah. be, they're being difficult. We find out, you know, they got served divorce papers that morning or their kids <laughs> yeah. are going off the rails. So there are other things going on in their life that's causing them to be difficult. 
So uh, sometimes I'm able to uncover that, but obviously the the goal is to teach those skills of inquiry and trust building Mm -hmm. and to understand, you know, our complex style even. Sure. Uh, so that we can understand the other party and keep yeah. communicating so we can get to a, a good result. Now, some partners in a business, if they have disputes, they have mechanisms to get outside help. And uh-huh. frankly, I, I, I would encourage that anybody that's operating a business with any kind of a partner, uh-huh. whether it's a 50-50 partner, any kind of a partner, in your partnership agreement, you need to have it defined. How are we going to handle oh, it that's if good. we do get into a dispute and yeah. we're not able to work it out? Right. That's so good. Yeah. Well, and I would think too. I know you've done a lot of work with um, small businesses, and and I, I'm I'm going to make the assumption that probably some family businesses as well. Oh, and yeah. so that dynamic, even within a family business, I come from a family business perspective, and uh, I was a partner with my dad for almost 20 years. And so, um, thankfully, we we didn't really have many uh, disputes, uh, except when I would, you know, tell him he's spending too much money, <laughs> but it's that's okay. interesting. It's usually yeah. the other way around. That's usually telling the son to quit spending. <laughs> I know. I know. I was kind of like, believe it or not, I was the CFO of our organization. And so, uh, which is totally opposite of my personality now, but, uh, anyway, that's a whole different uh, episode, but, but I mean, how do you, how do you help businesses who may be like family businesses resolve some of those conflicts. I, I, I could imagine even just the, the, the disputes or the, the differences in the generations. You, you have perhaps a baby, bo- baby boomer right now who wants to transition their business to the next generation or maybe even you know, skip a generation, whatever. How do, they, how do you help them to be able to perpetuate the things that they believed in and they built and, and fought for their blood, sweat, and tears, tears. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how do you, how do you help businesses overcome that? That's really a, a very elegant question and a, a very relevant question. And it's so difficult. And that is a, a, a circumstance in which it's really wise to have someone come in and help you Yeah, because there is a balance to be had there. We're, we're talking about values and culture, which mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. And you know, culture is everything in a business. And, and yeah. when you're and oftentimes, as you know, in your work with culture, yeah. owners don't pay attention to it. It's just right. there. Right. So when you are facing, yeah. And when you are facing a transfer, whether it's through selling a business or trying to transfer it to another generation, suddenly you become aware of that. A business right. owner becomes aware of that. That's and the always value a of it too, right? Oh my goodness. Yes. And yeah. so very often um, that's a number one concern when, when a client engages me to sell their company, I want to learn everything about their culture yeah. because I know that for the acquisition to be successful for a buyer to buy it and then the business continue mm-hmm. and to survive the acquisition to, to survive the tra- survive the transfer of ownership and then thrive afterwards we have to understand mm. culture and protect it yeah. so you know how does that happen well first of all it's for the person that's brought in the the me or whomever it is to really Pay attention to it and understand what makes this company tick. Why do your people stay here? And so I look at things like um, uh, employee retention and Mm -hmm. how long have those folks been here? 
when I'm allowed, I interview and why do you love working here? Yeah. Oh, that's good. And that answer, you know, very often that kind of, uh, you know, this is, nobody's going to tell the boss what you said. This is a completely anonymous thing. Mm -hmm. Owners are usually very surprised at some of the answers because uh -huh. they rarely have to do with money. Ah, uh, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. People Everybody want to thinks know that that's the biggest one, but it's, it's not. It really isn't. It's not on any of the lists if you study that listing kind of things. But yeah. people want to feel important. They want to feel respected. They want to feel that what they're doing matters. People don't like to do work that doesn't matter. It doesn't right. make a difference. Yeah. Uh, they want to know that if they're asked feedback, that it's going to not only be heard, but really considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. when, but the interesting thing about a generational change there, uh -huh. what's important to navigate, and this is a negotiation, of course, yeah. is that, yes, let's just not to be gender biased, but just for the sake of our conversation, let's yeah. just say it's a dad and a son. Sure. sure. Um, dad knows what it took to build. He was there when yeah. this thing started. Yeah. He was there when he couldn't meet payroll. He mm -hmm. was there yeah. when the market crashed and he had no customers and the phone stopped ringing. He, mm -hmm. you know, and so a lot of times he brings that kind of uh, caution and, and that, that experience to the conversation. Now, let's just say the son, the son wasn't there mm -hmm. and, and he, he suffered through that. What he sees is this thriving business and an opportunity to really grow it. Uh -huh. Yeah. And so there, we have to navigate that because a little of both is needed, sure. a respect for the risk of small business ownership, yep. but then also an opportunity we, to take some risk mm -hmm. and to yeah. let go of some of those things. So those conversations sometimes are facilitated. And sometimes yeah. I, in my consulting work as a negotiation consultant, uh -huh. sometimes I'm brought in when deals do get stuck sure sure or there is a conflict that's not getting resolved and they may have a partnership agreement that says you know we're, we're going to work on this for five days and if we can't get it done then we bring somebody in bring somebody in so sure. yeah so those conversations but that's part of what we're navigating yeah. so we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. you know a son, the son saying listen dad you know that was great back then but mm -hmm. nobody does it that way now yeah, and this yeah. the dad saying i get that but you, you're going to have to trust me a little bit on this son sure. because i've you know I, I i've had lots of experience with and there are some things about humans that don't change mm -hmm. yeah yeah well and i've got to believe that there's there's a growth opportunity in these negotiations for both sides and and you know as i think about growth it's always about becoming aware of and it's 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 getting outside my own head and and having that outward mindset so if i'm the dad it's it's being able to put myself in my son's shoes in this in this case and it's also the son putting himself in the dad's uh shoes but it at the same time it's it's really being able to be emotionally intelligent enough to actually do that and absolutely absolutely yeah. so Back to your earlier question, what kind of things you need to work on? Yeah. That's something I teach in my negotiation cool. courses is that emotional intelligence is huge. And the mm -hmm. biggest skill that we want to 
or not the biggest, but one of the attributes we must get really good at in negotiating to be a masterful negotiator is that empathy. Mm. And what is empathy? It's really being able to, as you say, step into the shoes of the other party, Mm -hmm. but really step into, go on their side of the conversation and to vicariously experience what they're experiencing Mm -hmm. right now in that moment. So for example, to really stop a moment in, the, in a conversation, let's say, because negotiations are a series of conversations. Right. They may have yeah. some documents along the way to document <laughs> things, but basically, so pause a moment and, and vicariously step into the shoes of the other party. What's it like for them mm-hmm. to hear what I'm saying? I love that. I love that question. That's that. It reminds me of, of John Maxwell's question. What's it like to be on the other side of me? But it's, it's kind of a little spin to it though. Yeah. What's it like for you to hear what I'm saying? That's a, I love that question. Mm. So when we're making negotiation proposals, what's it like to receive my proposal? Mm -hmm. And that is difficult in negotiating. And when there is conflict or there's a difference, because what our natural tendency, and this is a survival instinct, our survival instinct wants us to be right and dominate. Mm. Yeah. Right. And so that so the 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 concept of setting our own thought and position and want aside for a moment to go to the other side of the table and mm-hmm. sit alongside them and really w- vicariously experience it. What's it like to receive the proposal mm-hmm. I'm giving yeah. is counter to our nature yeah. and it's counter to most of our practice as well. Yeah. So that's, as you said earlier, it's awareness. Mm-hmm. We have yeah. to have some awareness of that's what's happening. Uh-huh. But when we do that, when we get good at that, then our creative faculty will start to ignite and light up. Because yeah. when we really see it from the other side, then we can come up with more creative solutions. And, well, and the tricky, the reason yeah. it's so important to do that, people can't articulate well. Yeah. They can't articulate their their motivators, their drivers. We have yeah. to help draw that out. Well, and don't you think too that there's an element of fear when you said something about um, you know uh, allowing that creativity to kind of uh, be unleashed? And I, I'm I'm putting my words to it, but um, I, I think that there's a, an element of fear that comes in. That fear then prohibits me from actually seeing that other side, and so. I would think that in, in, um, in, a, in a good way or in a, in a big way, bringing that fear down in a, in a conversation and in, in a negotiation is really a, a key element as well. Uh, is, is that, am I on to something there? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It depends on how heated the conversation is, what that feels like and looks like. Yeah. Okay. So if it's just a regular conversation where it's not emotionally charged, uh-huh. but just there's a difference here. And I want yeah. you, and what our tendency is to, if I can only help them, See, you try to just <laughs> yeah. logic. We try yeah. to win them with our logic. Yeah. So we're giving them 17 different reasons and we're defending our position over mm-hmm. and over again, which actually lands up weakening it. Mm. Uh, and but our fear in that situation is is what I call losing. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this thing, we have this paradigm that yeah. if they get their way, that means I lost. Yeah. 
that's, yeah. a, that's a that's a false perception, but it yeah. is one that we carry with us a lot of times into a negotiation. So yeah. part of learning how to negotiate well is to define what is winning and what is not winning and what is losing. We have this concept mm. of win-win negotiating and people have a, a misperception about mm. that, that it means that it's even Steven, that oh, economically yeah. it's the same for everybody. Yeah. And that's not it at all. Yeah. It's mutual satisfaction. Oh, that's a key word, isn't it? Mutual satisfaction. Yeah. And that's mm. the tricky part about that is that's a feeling. You sure. can't measure that, yeah. but it's unmistakable. Yeah. Well, it's and I, unmistakable. I got to believe you know too. it when it's there, if yeah. you're, you know, if you're paying attention. Yeah. Well, and I got to believe that um, you have to uncover what it is that's going to satisfy the other party. And so that's, that's kind of that digging in a little bit and finding out what's the why behind this, right? It is. Yeah. It is. And, and learning how to ask the kinds of questions that will help people open up to you, which the word why is a very triggering word. Yeah. Because, you yeah. know, it takes most of us back. Why did you hit your brother? <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, it, so because he took yeah. the last cookie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or why did you do that? You know, right. it's like, right. oh, I don't know. So yeah. we, we tend to not get very good information. So the mm -hmm. quality of the, the information you get is going to depend on the quality of the question. So I love that. We, we have to precede the questioning or the inquiry part of that process. We have to precede that with a genuine curiosity. I yeah. really want to understand. Yeah. I yeah. want to understand what's, what, what's driving you because yeah. I know there's a way to get there. They'll help me get what I want, but I'm really, so then we, then it's a learned skill on how to craft questions that will mm -hmm. help the other party feel safe enough to open up to you. How would it help you to have whatever they're asking for? What might be the ramifications if we did it this, you know, tell me more about your idea of not spending money right now. So that those are learned skills, but if we yeah, don't know what we don't know in the process, if we don't know what it is we need to learn, how can we learn it? And that's where people like me, you know, we mm -hmm. help increase awareness and you, you yeah. help increase awareness of what it is we're, we're needing to get good at. That's that, you know, I, I have to just take a pause for a moment and just, alert the people who are listening, who are part of the emerging leader inner circle to just key in on what Laurel just said, because it's all about questions. We talk about questions all the time and it's, it's a key component of leadership. And in, obviously it's a key component in um, negotiation and, and being able to understand the other person. And the, the thing that you just said there too, Laurel, I think is, uh, such a key to to ask asking great questions. It's a genuine curiosity because you can't fake that. You, right. you have to have a genuine curiosity to be able to understand and say, you know, tell me more. I mean, that's one of the best questions, even though it's not a question, but tell me more. And, and there's always more. And there is. So I just I, I had to make sure that the emerging leaders who are listening get that because we talk about it all the time. And I just want them to see that that's an element of not only just negotiation, but also growth. It's a growth. It's a growth skill. Certainly. Certainly. Yeah. And to piggyback on that, we have to get very, very good at asking effective questions. Mm -hmm. But there's something else that happens after that. 
And we have to get really, really good at listening. No doubt about it. <laughs> and what happens is sometimes when the other party starts to talk, we'll interrupt them to try to expand on it. We'll want to put words in their mouth. So uh, that's a skill also <laughs> to pause and be really present so that they feel you're making them the most important person in the room right now while yeah. they're talking. Yeah, Nothing that's... else matters but them to give it all to you to, yeah. to a point where they say, you know, where they run out. <laughs> yeah, that's great, and isn't we're it? Not, we're not wired, most of us, to do that. Some yeah. of us are. Some of us are very lucky to, to, you know, but a lot of times folks that are very, very naturally good at being quiet and listening believe they can't become good negotiators. Uh, because they think you have to be tough and confronting and that's not me. And no, no, no. Some of the most masterful negotiators I have ever had on my team or been up against have been the quiet types. Interesting. It's because they learn to listen. And as they listen, they're getting more information and they're getting probably to the heart, right? Right. You talked, to, you talked a little bit earlier about, you know, not peppering with facts and, and trying to, you know, advocate the logic of my position, but really getting to the heart. And something I think I've heard you said, say before it is that in the negotiation a lot is, is in the heart really. And it's like getting to the understanding of like, what's driving me to hold on to this position so tightly that I don't want to let go. And when I understand that and, and what success looks like to me, then I can, I can let go. Right. And, and in, in negotiation, whether it's a conversation we're having internally or we're negotiating viewpoints or we're mm -hmm. negotiating with that little voice in our head <laughs> right. that, that uh, happens a lot. Um, what is also difficult is we often don't prepare for those. Or yeah. if we do have an opportunity to prepare, we don't know how to prepare. Yeah. So that's another skill that makes a, a person effective at managing a negotiation or, you know, a culture in within a company. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, there's a lot of that kind of negotiation happening in even in small businesses. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll give you an example. A client this week, uh, their business was closed all week last week because uh -huh. of ice mageddon <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and uh it's a high-end automotive repair shop they work on very high-end european cars and so the owner called me to get some help with negotiating how he's going to handle the fact that his people are all paid by the work that they do they're all hourly he has one or two salaried people but basically they're all paid on production oh okay and and the shop was closed yeah. So he's negotiating with his, with his team on how they want to handle it. Some of them want to take vacation. Mm -hmm. Some of them, uh, you know, don't want to use vacation. Some of them expect him to pay for all of it. Yeah. Uh, he's wondering, should I offer a mix? And that's mm -hmm. negotiate. That's part of culture. He has a culture yeah. where he's very generous with his people. He pays sure. them very, very well. Yeah. But that's the kind of thing where I said, okay, let's just talk about what's important to your people one by one. Oh, yeah. And in yeah. a small business, which most businesses in this economy are small, right? Uh, we have to get to know our people well enough to know what their drivers are so that Sometimes. we can create those yeah. solutions. 
So true. That is so true. And I think that that's, I think that's key, not only just for negotiation, but I think it's true for culture. It's true, you know, for, for business success and business growth success. Um, totally. And leadership, you know, I know that, that that's part of what you're teaching your clients as well. True. And in negotiation, it is about be, being a good leader. You want to lead the process. Mm-hmm. And when you st- study the craft and get good at it, you can lead the process yeah. because the other party, other parties, particularly, you know, any kind of negotiation, if you're good at leading the way, right. particularly in the quality of your communicating and trust building, people are mm-hmm. so grateful because yeah. not too many people are good at that. Yeah. yeah, that's so, <laughs> so that's true. you'll differentiate yourself, but certainly with your team. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, lead anything that you learn about leadership will help you negotiate. Well, anything you learn about yourself mm. and how you respond in different situations will help you. Uh, anything so, yeah. you learn and how to build trust and how to, what, what makes other people tick uh-huh. being other focused that'll help you. And those are all skills that will help you be a great leader in your business, attract great people. They'll stay with you forever. I love it. And that's how you build a thriving business. Yeah. I love that. I was, you know, you, you, uh, you, you went to the place where I I was going to go next and that is, you know, how do we, how do we grow our businesses? And you just like laid out the exact, uh, exact plan become aware of our ourselves how how we act and and become better and and continue to grow in our own self and our, and attract the right kinds of people those kinds of people that that like that as well and get to know them so that we can then grow uh, a thriving business I, absolutely I, robert kiyosaki taught me early and I, i'll never forget he said that he he said a couple of things to me over the years that you know just steer in my mind but one of the one of the early things he said to me was your most valuable asset in business is your team. Mm, yeah. And it can take years to build it out. Yeah. You know, because you got to kick people off the team that aren't working out. And yep. it's not only necessarily employees, even if you're a solopreneur, right. you have team, your vendors or people, the contractors that help you create what you're wanting to create. So yeah. that is so, so, so important, but that is how you grow a great business. I love that. Yeah, I love it. Yes. Well, I want to be super respectful of of your time, uh, Laurel. Thank you for this conversation. You've have really created and provided so much value uh, for our listeners. I, I love this conversation because I'm, I'm going to go back and listen to it because there's so many good things in it. If people want to to reach out and or, or at least follow you, um, how do they do that? Where do we send them? I know you've got a, a, a negotiation program that you've been working on, but uh, you also have a website, I think. So where, yes, where do people yes. go? Well, I, I am, as I mentioned, I'm shifting out of my business brokering, but I, I I do want to get, it just occurs to me, you have a lot of small business owners that are clients. Yes. And uh, my business brokering website has a whole, 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 whole big library about buying and selling businesses. Excellent. The reason that's helpful is in those articles, there's a lot of information about what makes a business healthy, what makes a business valuable. So I want to kind of point people there. That's that's sunbeltaustin.com sunbeltaustin.com. But then uh, I would also invite people to check out my masterfulnegotiation.com site. That's where um, my negotiation training exists. 
and uh, there'll be an opportunity for them to uh, sign up for my Masterful Negotiation Nuggets newsletter that I put out free trips and tips and training about how to negotiate well so you can get what you want without a fight. That's Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And you can follow me on the socials too. Let's see. I'm I'm getting active again. I took quite a long break when I relocated my mom here, but I, you can follow me on Instagram at Laurel Ann 713 at Laurel Ann 713 on Instagram that yes, that is my birthday. And I'm saying, but I have to get a unique name. So yeah, we'll yeah. birthday on there and people remember. Yeah. And then uh, on Facebook at Laurel Ann Johnson coaching. And uh, there's some free content on there too at Laurel Ann Johnson coaching. But thank you so Excellent. much. It's been a, just oh, a pleasure thank you. to have a chat, David. And- Laurel, it's been a pleasure. Seriously. I, I've really enjoyed the conversation and, and I've really appreciated too um, just your tips on negotiation and really even um, it, 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 there's all, so much there for, for growth, for small businesses and big businesses. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, around culture, around in resolving differences, um, you know, I think that the, the, the thing that people don't realize is that we're negotiating all the time, all the time. Yeah. That's usually my, when I decided to finally create a public program and that's in development now, we'll be releasing it very soon, uh, because I've been teaching corporate and there's always a moment in that three-day program when someone kind of the lights come on and yeah. they, they've just done something, they go, I could use this with my wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your kids and your I, friends. And <laughs> I better get on the waiting list for that. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it's a universal skill that serves you well, even if you're not using it to do deals for sure. Love it. Love it. Well, Laurel, thank you so much again for uh, just the, the great wisdom you've shared here today. Thanks for being on In the Growth Space. Uh, uh, I know that the, the listeners are going to uh, really enjoy this episode and, and this conversation and get a lot out of it. So uh, my pleasure. Th- All the best. And thank you so much, David. It's really fun. My pleasure. Thanks again. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Laurel and we're taking some notes. I especially loved her definition of negotiation, which she said, is the process in which the parties to a difference or a dispute try to resolve it to their mutual satisfaction. She also shared that mutual satisfaction is emotional, not logical. And so often in negotiation, we attempt to use logic and get the other party to see things from our perspective or my perspective. Go back and listen to that again and see what she says to avoid that. It's a very important skill. Now, the other point that I believe is really important is what she shared that Robert Kiyosaki taught her about growing a thriving business. It's all about our team. That is our most valuable asset. And if you've been listening to me any amount of time, you realize that that is really a core belief of mine. So go out to the show notes to connect with Laurel and get on her waiting list for her masterful negotiation program. I'm already on it and I can't wait for it to begin. So until next time, keep growing, keep playing like a champion, stay in that growth space. Bye for now.